The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you live to tape from the H-Town Outpost. And the Steelers, by the time of the recording of this podcast, I think have won approximately, I guess, 88% of the Super Bowl. First off, the Steelers are getting Jalen Carter in the draft. Best defender since Miles Garrett or, or someone like that. And the Steelers have acquired former star, potential current star role player type wide receiver, Allen Robinson, from the Los Angeles Rams, who are crapping themselves with salary cap issues and offloading contracts nonstop like Jalen Ramsey. And now the latest victim was Allen Robinson. Failed experiment in Los Angeles, basically caught like 33 passes there during an absolute disaster of a year absolute disaster of a year for the Rams. Matthew Stafford was, you know, I think he has like one vertebrae left or one bone in his back at all. He barely played. Even when he did play, Allen Robinson and him had zero chemistry whatsoever though. So make of that what you will. The tape, which has been broken down online, is saying differently. Looks like Allen Robinson still has some gas in the tank. More on that in a minute. But you know, the Rams were in a state of disaster when they acquired Allen Robinson, who had at one point had four straight 1,000-yard receiving, uh, receiving seasons, which should honestly be categorized as 1,600-yard receiving seasons because they were with Blake Bortles and our boy Mitch Trubisky in Chicago and in Jacksonville with Bortles. So this actually is a really exciting signing for the Steelers, and I'm half-joking about the, well, almost fully joking, actually. I hate to break it to you guys, about the Jalen Carter News in the beginning of the podcast, there's a rumor that the Steelers are trying to trade up with the Bears to number nine to grab a player. I could only see Jalen Carter being, um, I see Jalen Carter as really the only player being worth that type of trade, given the fact that the Steelers have a quarterback, and while they may need edge rusher help, they already have two star edge rushers on the roster right now, so I don't know if that would, um, you know, justify a trade, particularly given the fact that the Steelers have made it abundantly clear that they are going all in for the season and next season. They're signing 30-year-old players left and right. Um, But there's been a rumor that the Steelers would trade up with Chicago, which would be hilarious in its own right, because you'd you'd basically just be using them in this Chase Claypool trade over and over again. But yeah, to grab Jalen Carter, that'd be cool. Um, but he would really have to slip, and I just don't see that happening. There are too many teams in front of the Steelers. Seahawks wouldn't let him go by. I almost think he's going to go two to the Texans, given all the rumors about them coming out um, and saying that we're not necessarily going to draft a quarterback, and I don't think that that's a crazy idea for them, given the fact that 
they're guaranteed to be in the top 10 next year uh, for quarterbacks. And, and none of these quarterbacks this year are a slam dunk, um, like Drake May and, and Caleb Williams, who could be categorized for sure as slam dunk prospects. Does that mean they're going to absolutely work in the NFL? No, but they do fall into the category of Andrew Luck. You know, Trevor Lawrence was considered that way. Joe Burrow only had one year sample size, but he's basically that. Peyton Manning, John Elway. These are really the biggest quarterback prospects of all time, even more than the year of Eli, Ben, and, and Rivers, who are all considered very encouraging. But, you know, this Drake May and Caleb Williams are sort of next level. And I have gone out on a tangent, but let's rein it back in because that tangent was dealing with the rumor that came out this week that the Steelers were going to trade up for Jalen Carter. So I'll address that first, and then we'll talk about Allen Robinson and what that signing means for the Steelmen. And we'll close off with just some excitement, once again here in the offseason, about how the Steelers are building their team. And we are seeing the Weidel and Kahn era start in Pittsburgh, and they're doing things differently. They're doing things differently than... Kevin Colbert and the Steelers have done things in the past, and we will really get a good idea of that within the next two weeks here once the Steelers, well, really one week, once the Steelers draft concludes. Will the Steelers stick to all their tried and true rules? You have For a first-round prospect, it has to be a Power 5 school, or uh, you know they have to have had an official top 30 visit with the team, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of rules that have been in place for the Steelers um, for a long time, and we'll see if they buck those trends. Uh, I don't know if they will, but regardless, it's just exciting to see them do things differently. Okay, so topic number one, Jalen Carter. I pretty much spilled the beans already, I feel like, in the intro there. I'll say this. Number one, I think it's extremely unlikely that the Steelers get this player. He also falls into the category of like the Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. I know Clowney didn't work out, but that being said, he's had a ton of injuries. He is a bona fide megastar defensive draft prospect, uh, more than Will Anderson, who had had a lot of buzz for a long time. But uh, this, this tape from Carter is just significantly more dominant. So that being said, he is having uh, not the best offseason right now, given the fact that even in the championship game, it looked like he was a little, the national championship game for college, looks like he was a little bit out of shape. He had to come off the field a few times. That's not a great sign. It's an even worse sign when he has some involvement um, with the tragic incident that happened, I guess, the day of the parade for the national championship game where uh, one of his teammates and, and staffers died in a car accident. And then it was found out later that he was in a separate car with uh, other people, uh, I guess, likely drag racing. It was like 3.40. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning or something. So he was involved in that. He hadn't given that detail to the police. And I'm not going to bore everybody with the story. I'm sure you all know that. But um, it's not like he's in a in a murder investigation, right? It's not like he's Tyreek Hill with, with video of him assaulting his pregnant girlfriend in, in college. This is sort of like... Uh, I don't want to call it knucklehead, this or that, because we... There's not a ton of details, but let's just say he's been out of shape and he was involved with this police investigation um, and probably didn't handle the beginning of it that well, even though after the word came out that it was, um, I guess that there was evidence that he was involved in, in, in 
racing at the time, which is obviously a far more irresponsible action to be taken at three in the morning, but there's probably some drinking going on. And uh, yeah, you could see why he could get brought in for not mentioning that detail. Well, they announced that the day of the combine, he flew back to Georgia, um, let the police arrest him, I guess, if I'm getting the details correct here, and then immediately posted bail, got out, flew back to the combine, didn't participate in the drills because obviously that's an exhausting process uh, doing that type of flying, but he handled it right from that point on. So all that is to say, I'm just trying to give a little background to say, I, I don't know if that type of story is going to precipitate a nine-player, a nine-team fall for a superstar defensive prospect along the lines of a Miles Garrett, where it's like, oh, this is the number one pick if there's not a quarterback type guy. The Texans draft at two. I think they have a lot of reason to not draft a quarterback, given the fact you know, that they'll be in the top 10 again next year, and that absolutely does not guarantee that they can get Drake May or Caleb Williams the two superstar quarterbacks coming out next year. And I'm seeing some people talk about that or put that idea forth that, hey, the Texans also have two picks in next year's first round. They could gather more picks in this year's first round if they want to even trade back, and they could trade up to get Drake May or Caleb Williams. Where I don't think that that makes a difference whatsoever because if Drake May and Caleb Williams continue their trajectory as being bona fide super megastar quarterbacks. Like you are leaving it up to chance because in my opinion, if the first and second pick in the draft next year, if those teams need quarterbacks, they're not trading with you. Like they're taking those superstar quarterbacks. It was like when the Steelers, when Ben Roethlisberger got hurt in his third to last year, and everybody said the Steelers need to just tank. They need to let this happen. They've lost like four games in a row. There are quarterbacks coming out in the draft. It ended up being Tua, Herbert, and Burrow. And the Steelers traded their first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, future Hall of Fame safety. People said they were dumb. To me, I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess you could have won enough, lost enough games to get Herbert. I don't, I've never thought Tua is the guy that you tank for. You can get a Tua in any draft. But... Like they weren't going to, you'd have to lose every game or every game except for one to get Joe Burrow because no matter what happens, the Bengals wouldn't have traded that pick to the Steelers. They're taking the superstar quarterback. And let's say they're not even an AFC North team. Let's say it's like the Lions were drafting number one. They weren't, if they needed a quarterback, they weren't going to trade with the Steelers. They're taking Joe Burrow. So the Texans aren't assured to get another quarterback in next year's draft, but there will be other guys. And they're a defensively run team. And I could see them just immediately taking Jalen Carter at two. Definitely the Seahawks have indicated they're going in to try and win the Super Bowl. They actually sneakily have a very good team. They just signed Geno Smith to a three-year deal, which is really comes out to be a one-year deal. They can kind of get, it at, get out of it after one year. But that's the way that the Seahawks have done business in the Pete Carroll era. Russell Wilson's a second-round quarterback. Third round? Well, he's not a first-round quarterback. Uh, Geno Smith, second-round quarterback. The USC teams with Reggie Bush and Lendell White, you got to remember, they were running teams, running in defense. Reggie Bush was the second running back. Lendell White got the majority of the carries because they wanted to play smash mouth football. So I could see the Seahawks finally invigorating their defensive front, which has been horrendous for years now. They could reinvigorate it with Jalen Carter. And so that's at five. So there's just too many teams that could take him. That being said, if he falls to nine, the Steelers need to trade up and get him. 
I don't care. It's a legitimately franchise-altering type of move. Like, not only could you pair this guy with Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Alex Highsmith and immediately have the best defensive front in the entire NFL, but also help solve some of the issue of, hey, Cam is he's not going to be able to outrun father time for the rest of his life, right? And it's not even like he's declining. He's still playing like a superstar. So he is covering up for a lot for the Steelers right now. And you have to prepare for his departure because after him, there's nobody. There's like just not a playable um, all-around tackle. So if you get a guy like this, not only does it help solve those issues, but it also starts taking the Steelers roster into that category of, oh my, like how do you have this many stars? Well, you got a quarterback on a rookie contract, that helps, and then some things fell your way in the draft. So if that could happen, that would be an absolute dream come true, and I legitimately think the Steelers' Super Bowl odds, whether Vegas reflects it or not, in reality, the, the odds should skyrocket for the next two years. The Steelers could really make a run at that point. You have, that's just an, an overabundance of talent, and that would be really exciting. So... Fingers crossed that it happens, but I just think too many things would need to go right. So I don't think Jalen Carter is going to happen, but that would be cool. All right, second off, Allen Robinson. He is not in his prime anymore as a wide receiver. But there are a bunch of cut-ups of his tape from last year with the Rams that show this guy's still a beast. And the Steelers officially now have a third receiver, a slot receiver, and a guy who is another jump ball specialist. I saw a stat uh, listing the top five wide receivers who have the most number of touchdowns inside of the 10 yard line. So that is to say red zone threats, um, the most touchdowns. And I don't know, it was like the last five or six years. I don't remember what the time period was, but it's all uh, relevant guys who are playing right now. And the fifth player on that list was Allen Robinson. And that guy never had a quarterback and, and well until Stafford, but I guess, you know, you had Stafford without a back. So that's not really a quarterback. And when you watch the tape with the Rams, that's all it shows. The guy is so smooth. It's interesting because he's not a fast receiver, but he has an amazing release off the line of scrimmage. And he has incredible body control, hands, and contested catch ability. And I'm, I've traditionally not been huge on contested catch guys. I prefer guys who get open. You know, you talk about A.B. And, and Deontay and Emmanuel Sanders, and then you have the other type of get open, which is Martavis Bryant and Mike Wallace, who are, we're just going to run past you and get open that way, or catch the ball and then run for 80 yards. Those are the kind of guys I like. I'm like, I, I don't love leaving it up to chance with a jump ball guy, but there are a few in the league who truly are 80-20 on the jump ball, and the Steelers already have one of them in George Pickens. So... Allen Robinson fits the same bill. And when you watch the replays, it, it, it is a sustainable style of catching the ball because it's not like he's just plucking the ball off of people's heads. He's doing very subtle things at the top of his route to actually create separation, even though the guy's right next to him. And I guess he has good chemistry with these quarterbacks who know how to back shoulder it. So he's not like, yeah, he can catch the ball with somebody in between his hands, but what's more impressive is these quote-unquote jump balls that he's catching are usually more spinning back shoulders. So it's this beautiful coordination where he jukes the guy off the line, gets the space, and at the top of the route, the guy's able to catch up to him because he's not that fast. But then he has a great body lean, and he doesn't show his hands too early, so he's able to sort of trick the cornerback at the top of the route, and he's worked up the chemistry with these quarterbacks where they know to throw it behind him, and so he jumps up high, spins in the air, 
always high points the ball, immediately catches it and brings it into his chest. Like that's a that's a major weapon. I think the Steelers have been in the late twenties for I mean basically every offensive category, but especially in the red zone. So this will help a lot. He'll probably be the day one starter in the slot. And I don't think by any means that that means the Steelers have forgotten about Calvin Austin. And I personally have not either. And which is weird is Calvin Austin and, and Deontay, I think all fans assume that they're slot guys because they're small, but they are outside receivers. Calvin Austin has crazy speed, but they are able to get off of jams. They're able to stack corners. They can run go routes. They're not just little jitterbugs. They know how to create separation on their own on an island with small amount of space around them. So Calvin Austin isn't just like a plug-and-play slot, but he definitely could play there. And Deontay could take reps from the slot the same way that Antonio Brown did when the Steelers had Juju and Martavis and some other good receivers around that time where, look, you need to just move A.B. all around the field. And sometimes getting him in the slot, where Heinz Ward had a ton of success too— that's just a good matchup. It doesn't mean you're going to move Deontay to be a slot receiver. He's the only damn guy, especially now with Allen Robinson. He's the only, Deontay is the only guy who can separate from his defender. And, um, but it still gives you versatility, which is cool. So you might have Allen Robinson playing that big slot role that Juju had so much success in, in Pittsburgh. Um, and that's just awesome on its own. But you could also have sort of twin tower formations with Pickens on the outside, Robinson on the on the outside, and rolling Juju or not Juju, sorry, Deontay into the slot. So it's huge. It's actually a pretty exciting signing. When they first announced it, I wasn't, I had no reaction. I figured it'd be a really cheap deal. It's the Steelers once again taking a flyer on a player who has a big name but is over the hill. It looks like he might have a little bit more left to him. So that's really exciting. And I'm not giving up on Calvin Austin yet, although I have PTSD from Sanquez Golson. I just get nervous with these really small guys. If they have a season-ending injury their rookie year, I'm like, damn, it just seems like you just see so many examples of the small guys having a tough time staying on the field. But fingers crossed for him, I think that could still work out. And with Allen Robinson, not only do they get versatility with the receivers, but they get I think as John Ledyard on Twitter referred to it, an adult in the wide receiver room, which is beautiful. And no offense to Deontay, who's getting so much better at that role. I was really impressed with his fortitude this past season and not talking crap in the media, but you know, even he had his moments. So you have an adult in the room because I think Allen Robinson's 31. He might be 30. I think he's 31. Well, they're signing 30-year-olds all over the place. They have Isaac Siamala, who's 30. Allen Robinson, who's over 30. They signed Patrick Peterson, who's 48, of course. No, 33. They re-signed Larry Ogunjobi, who's over 30. Obviously, you're reliant. Cam Hayward's already on the team, but he's over 30. You have a lot of youth on the offense, but they are signing guys who are in the last few years of their career. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the Steelers are going for the Super Bowl this year. Now, they're probably not going to get it this year, but between this year and next year, the Steelers are pushing their chips all into the middle of the table. They got a quarterback on a rookie contract, and it truly does look like they're trying to go with the Eagles model. And if I were to hazard a guess, you know, they have all the same conversations in their building, in the front office, and with the coaches that we have as fans. Like, they know who Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are. And I'm sure when they saw that great playoff game between the Chiefs and the Bills, you have that thought too. Like, 
damn it, we had one of those guys and he's now retiring and walking out of the building. I don't know how are we supposed to throw for 500 yards if you don't have a freak like that. Well, let's find someone who we like, like a Kenny Pickett, and then let's build a big team around him. Now, I don't want to put a, a ceiling on, on Kenny Pickett's ability, right? But you know, there's, there is a difference there between the, the man-child version and, and the, uh, the everyday hero of Kenny Pickett. But it's just really encouraging to see how they're building this team. Jalen Hurts, you know, it's, I, I thought that they overdrafted him in Philadelphia when they took him in the second round. I mean, he got so much better every year in college, but it just didn't seem like he would be able to eventually transition to be a true passing quarterback. And they had Carson Wentz at the time, and it just felt so early. I always loved Jalen Hurts because when he was a freshman, I saw just a bunch of TV snippets of him doing charity work and he just seemed like such a genuine guy and so genuinely, genuinely humbled. And obviously the way he so classily, so gracefully handled the benching to Tua and then went on and kept working and played his butt off, like just balled out at Oklahoma. I always was a fan of the guy, but I just didn't know. And then I remember catching a few games at the end of his rookie year or the second year and thinking like, whoa, wait a minute, is this guy getting good? So credit to them for developing him, but also credit to them for having the vision to be like, this guy didn't have a ton of passing success in college in general, but he is a general. He's a field general, like Kenny Pickett. And let's build a great team around him and try and develop this guy. Well, the Steelers are doing just that, and I've just been thrilled with how they've handled this offseason. And we still have the giant specter, the dementor of Matt Canada hanging over the team, and that will be what it will be. But they better be in the top 15 offenses in the NFL this year. That's all I'm saying. And Allen Robinson definitely helps that but cool to see the Steelers steel men just restock and I think that that veteran leadership is going to be critical uh, with Allen Robinson so that's cool Patrick Peterson you got a bunch of guys who have been there and done that so looking forward to the draft check us out on Twitter Steelers Outpost Steelers Outpost at gmail.com until next week go Steelers okay.